You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got three awesome guys from Infinite Outdoors. And we actually did this recording right there on a property that we hunted through the Infinite Outdoors app. And we're going to dive deep into what the app offers, how it can be used by anybody, whether it's somebody local that just needs a place to hunt for the day or somebody coming from out of state who's doing a a week-long or a two-week-long big game hunt. And it really is a cool app and a cool software and a great idea. Um, The fact that nobody had thought of this even sooner kind of blows my mind. But it it, it pairs you as a hunter with landowners who want to do day leases and short-term leases. And so We actually recorded this on the tailgate. I apologize ahead of time. We did have a little bit of wind, and this was our first recording using the new equipment outside. But it's a great episode, so let's jump into it. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, guys. Welcome to today's show. And on the show with me, this is the first tailgate podcast I've done, by the way. So I'm pretty pumped about it. But We're honored. Yeah. yeah. I've got a bunch of guys from Infinite Outdoors here. We came out to a hunting property in Colorado on the Front Range, and it's a pretty sweet setup. So we're going to dive into how that all works out. But before we do, let's go around and introduce ourselves, maybe a little bit of hunting history or how you're connected with this whole group. Yeah. Um, 
so my name is Sam Seaton. I'm uh, one of the co-founders and CEO of Infinite Outdoors. Um, been hunting my whole life. Grew up on a uh, ranch in central Colorado and kind of how we got into the outdoors and um, all the hunting and fishing and then, um, you know, connect with the rest of the crew starting in, at Colorado School of Mines in college. Yeah, I'm Michael Maroney uh, from Colorado. Kind of been hunting here in Kansas my whole life. Uh, I'm the marketing director and one of our biologists on staff. Um, started with these guys uh, six months ago or so. Kind of came from a background in restoration and uh, wanted to do something a little different. So uh, it's got a pretty cool opportunity here. And yeah, it's been great. Sweet. Yeah, and I'm David Ryan. I'm the CTO and co-founder. Um, got started when Sam approached me with the idea. Um, it's pretty sweet. Got to do software engineering and apply it to something pretty cool that I've always loved doing. So it's been good. Yeah, that's sweet. I mean, you guys definitely found a market here. Uh, Sam, you and I were talking about it earlier, how it all came about. Um, but basically, why don't you give a, a quick rundown of what Infinite Outdoors is the services it offers and kind of who who can all benefit from this yeah um <clears throat> well yeah i'll start with just kind of how the initial idea came and then i'll build into that but uh so background to me like i said i grew up on a on a ranch in central colorado um hunting and fishing but throughout that time we ended up you know leasing out to different different outfitters different groups like that and i always always hated that because we obviously wanted to make some income as as a landowner but as a sportsman too i'm like well this is kind of dumb we just sold away all of our rights to our own property um so that's kind of where the initial frustration started to that for a year had a really bad experience i kept growing as an outdoorsman got into uh college at a colorado school of mines with with david continued to hunt but then at that time had lots of buddies out in eastern colorado that kind of were having the the same sort of issues they um they personally didn't really didn't hunt too much. Some of them did, some didn't. Like you know, once or twice a year, they still want to be able to go out and, and use their land, but they're leasing out um, to these outfitters. They weren't weren't uh, you know taking into any sort of conservation uh, approaches. Just blowing out the land. They're losing all of their uh, all of their control of their property. So I was like, I'm like, hey guys, just let just continue to let me keep hunting like you already are. Uh, I'll throw together some you know, kind of like a little hunting club almost with people that I trust and, and I'll, I'll vet some people. We'll let them do some day hunts. You keep full control and you want to hunt, let me know. I'll make sure nobody's out there. And, and I guess they just weren't used to people really taking care of them. So they referred to a few of their buddies and a few more of their buddies. And it kept, uh, kept growing to the point where I was like, well, shoot, there's, there's actually something, something here. We need to do this in more than just pheasant hunting on the Eastern plains. And there, there's something to be said about this. People want this, this daily access to, to private land for do-it-yourself opportunities and and the landowners they, they want to be able to control their you know still make money but uh maintain control of their land and that's that's when we approached uh approached david and and ryan another one of our um another one of our developers and we're like like let's let's make this streamline let's get this tech backed and and uh and get this big and so so essentially what our platform is is it allows allows uh hunters and fishermen to day lease um or short-term lease properties directly from the landowners for everything from small game to to elk and deer and and everything you can imagine so gives them gives them all the control gets them better prices on it and it still takes care of the landowners and allows them to make a 
um, larger margins, and it's all easily managed from a uh, mobile app that we've developed. Man, that's so sweet because, I mean, I know in looking at hunting out west, especially coming from the Midwest or even people from the east, it can be pretty intimidating. Like, man, we don't know where the animals are. And then trying to get access, like you, you can't just come out here for two weeks and knock on doors and try to find somewhere to hunt. And then the alternative is going with a guide and they charge insane prices. And so to, to eliminate that, especially for people who, like me, like to do the DIY stuff, you know, you don't want somebody doing the entire hunt for you and you just show up and pull the trigger. That's just not nearly as fun right. for, for me. There's there's definitely the market for it, but this eliminates a lot of those problems that, you know, a lot of people have frustrations with. Yeah. So, it's the same same quality of land as you would be on if you're outfitted, only you don't need someone holding your hand. And Yeah. There's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, that's really sweet. And then you said you're the, one of the biologists. Yeah. And so what does that look like? I mean, when you guys go to find properties, uh, are you coming out and surveying and making sure that it's actually a place that people are going to want to come and hunt? Yeah, we can do that kind of two ways. One of those is like a a pre-consultation kind of thing. So we go out, a landowner's interested. We can go out, take a look at their property, see what it would do just as is, you know, what, how many hunts we could sell, what type of hunts we can sell, things like that. Um, and kind of how they could profit on it. And then also, what they can do, you know, little things here and there, whether it's clearing brush, food plots, if they want to do some sort of stream uh, improvements, things like that for fishing properties um, or digging ponds, things like that. So we can uh, take it a step further and, and kind of do some sort of consultation of how how they can improve it. You know, if they're, right now they're selling two deer hunts a year, they put a food plot in here, do this, we can sell maybe four or five in the coming years. And also just, it, it allows us to manage the property so they're not getting overhunted, they're not doing things like that, limiting days so that each person that goes out, each group has a good successful hunt, hopefully, or at least not overcrowded, yeah. or overhunted at least. Yeah, that's cool. And then as as a developer, I mean, that's gotta be a pretty big undertaking. Obviously, if you're writing code and stuff already, you understand that, but to have a streamlined platform where people can at the click of a button reserve a spot and then like this morning i got to experience it firsthand you know with the invite i can click on google maps or apple maps and it gives me the the exact coordinates to where i go and then from there in the description from the landowner it actually said hey a half mile up the road there's a gate you turn left you punch this code in you go through the gate and then it's actually like a dotted line that takes you right to the parking lot there's signs and everything and so what did that look like trying to yeah develop all of that? yeah absolutely i mean for us it's just it's just all about trying to design like as frictionless uh, as frictionless you know process as possible so all of it just like focused on the hunting and fishing making everything else as easy as possible so the booking and the invites you know you go in you one time make a membership um you fill out the application and go through all that and then from there you just you know you're two clicks away from hunting each time and so um, that's what really what we focus on is, you know, user experience and on both sides, both with the hunters, the hunters and the anglers and just making it as easy as possible. And then with the landowners, just making that a very reliable and, you know, safe experience for them. So, yeah, that's sweet. So you guys, you started out small, you saw a need, you saw a problem and you figured out how to fix it. What has it grown to now? I mean, how many different properties and how much acreage do people have access to through the app? Yeah, it's a, <coughs> excuse me, um, it's, it's been growing like crazy. There's been great reception. So we've, we've only, we only launched a little over two years ago, and we already have almost a half a million acres of, of land on there. And, um, you know, 
getting closer and closer to 200 separate properties already, and this is just two years into it, um, and thousands of users and, and app downloads. So it's uh, it's really been really been pretty awesome, and we've finally been um, been able to expand to other states. We're already getting into, I think we're in what six states now. Yeah. Is that? Um, and planning to go nationwide within the next few years. So it's it's been great. So we love that people like what we're doing, and um, I think it really. I think the biggest key to our success is we we started with with honest intentions is all out of an actual issue wanting to help being you know some of the few people like David's family has a has a ranch too like having like you're not going to find many developers that grew up hunting on their own ranch and and then myself growing up on a ranch both being you know I mean nerds for lack of better uh, <laughs> better term that could actually tie it all together so it just was lucky you created something that truly was solving an, a need that was there not it wasn't like we're just sitting around when they were like hey i know how we could make a ton of money because that's unfortunately that's not how this works the landowners do well and it gives a good break for the hunters and uh and then at the end of the day if everything works out great it finally gets passed on to us yeah that's cool and i mean hearing because i was invited out here with you guys um the booking process i wasn't a huge part of but alec one of the team members he was like, hey, just a heads up, because of the dates that you're coming out, we can't actually hunt in Wyoming. We'll do it in Colorado. I was like, hey, if we need to reschedule, we can. He's like, honestly, it's two clicks, and we're in Colorado hunting. And I was like, no way, that's awesome. <laughs> and so to see that, I mean, even if plans change, if you have to cancel out on something and then book something new, the fact that it's that easy for people, especially out of state, you know, things come up, weather changes, whatever might come up, you can actually just hop on and do it again. Um, as far as like you guys hunting, how often do you guys come out and do these hunts and what kind of species have you hunted for? Man, we get out, uh, well, this time of year, we're pretty busy with, with waterfowl. You know, a lot of our properties are getting hunted, which is good. So, um, I think the big game, we were all, it was kind of hard to find somebody in September because we were all out doing different things. It seems like, so we're all definitely avid avid hunters i know sam killed a real well two really nice bulls and uh i archery hunted a bunch david you're going what a couple weeks or something yeah headed out a uh, week of thanksgiving we've got uh, an alfalfa farm out in oregon so i go out there and uh hopefully fill the freezer but uh yeah 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 it's definitely a balancing act because we this is our busy time of year and we all work insane hours but we're all still passionate about it. the reason why we can provide a good service is because we walk the walk too like we we love this and understand hunting and fishing so it's a it's always interesting who's covering who and getting our our vacation coverage because you know at any given time someone's doing something extravagant and you know got another couple of our team members are heading out right after this to go go on a going to oklahoma for for yeah, a deer hunt 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 on an infant outdoors property so it's always just trying to go and I mean that's that's the beauty too of the the new world is we can get a lot done from a computer. I mean half our app was built from inside David's van as he's driving <laughs> around the country when he's when when we convinced him like, hey, you want to make a hundred thousand dollars less and build out this whole app? He's <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I'll live in my van for a year. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's all it's a it's a balancing act, but that ability to be remote and stuff helps us run this company well. Still um, enjoy our passions and get out in the field a lot. So it sounds like you guys need to find a whole crew of team members that are okay with hunting but don't hunt themselves. <laughs> so then you can just <laughs> walk away, part. check yeah. out the entire fall, yeah. and then come back to a, a flowing business. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like being a hunting or fishing guide, and you're like, wait, 
I don't get to do that for myself anymore. But we we do a pretty good job. I think uh, you hunt a little closer to home, maybe not you know as far as far away as you used to, but that's what's nice. And and we have you know, luckily we found the ability and we found this pretty sweet app that David built that we can jump on and and, and find somewhere to hunt if we have to. But um, yeah, definitely uh, all get out there quite a bit. That's cool. What? Yeah. Do you guys have like a criteria as far as like the size of property? Does it have to be 40 acres or more? Or like as far as landowners go, if somebody wanted to hop on the app or become a part of it um, and start leasing out their property, what does that look like? Yeah, so we, there, there is like some criteria. It's, it, it's, I mean, it's so diverse since we cater to small game hunting, fishing, big game hunting. So most properties have something that they're they're good at we won't let a landowner list something if it's not quality like you know like the duck property we just did we're not gonna let that go up as an elk property you yeah. know or as uh uh or trout fishing when it's down in the lowland there's nothing there so that's why we don't just let landowners that's why we're not as willy-nilly as say something like airbnb or another one like that there there's a little more of a hands-on approach they have to reach out to us for a consultation request and that's when they um when one of the team members will take it and then you and then one of the biologists like michael will then go and and actually determine one if that property is has a game that's that's viable and then if it meets our quality criteria and then it goes to the next steps and and determine there so, so there's no like set minimum acreage it just needs to be something capable of producing quality experience for the for the hunter or fisherman yeah, yeah. that's that's smart because obviously if people are coming out here and they're like man i took two weeks off of work to come elk hunt and then they show up and it's like a swamp land with no elk that would <laughs> <Right>. suck <laughs> yeah it's also nice too to be able to like have that conservation aspect and and we can look at a property and somebody's like you know i think i could sell 10 deer hunts and we're like well you could but there's only going to be three successful deer hunters you know and be yeah. like listen we can the more quality deer that you you take off a property, the better, you know, the better quality the hunt is, and you get a better repertoire with our customers and things like that. So then, you know, that builds on year after year, and we can get you know build that rapport. So that's also also really nice. And you know, landowners like the fact that they can come out and they can look at the calendar if they got family coming out to hunt, say third season rifle in Colorado, they can block that all off. Their family can go hunt. It's not like there's no issue to us, you know, so we, we won't sell a hunt that week and they can do it at the beginning of the year or whatever. And, and then, uh, yeah, we'll carry on yeah. after that. So as long as, as long as they're staying within the harvest quotas, that like yeah. Michael helps send. So we do it, we do it a little backwards in most places. We won't, we won't, uh, they can do whatever they want with the land. We just might say the most you can have is X number of hunters. Those yeah. can be them, their family, whatever, or, or sold hunts, but we just need to make sure that it's, that that quality stand there and that's the only restriction outside of that it's still their land there's no lease between them and us it's between them and the user and we're just here to make sure everything's quality and provide the best interaction for both nice yeah so you just make that connection between the two and then they have full control over it at that point yeah and like our waterfowl like waterfowl properties most of them we only hunt three days a week just to let them rest so that like i said earlier everybody that you know when you come out it's not like it's been hunted the last five days and there's no birds around you know it kind of helps keep that that quality up so yeah is there on the on the back end of a hunt say i were to come out and hunt do i go and leave a review or i can say like hey i had a successful hunt put a rating on it so that people when they go to book a hunt they can see actually 
how many people are successful, the types of animals they're seeing, things like that? Yeah. So, uh, so yes and no. So there is, so you'll get an email here in the next couple days to review your hunt. It states everything from your experience with the mobile app to lets you raise any concerns for our biologists and then just your overall satisfaction and whatnot. Um, so that, that comes every single time. We use that internally. We pass that on to the landowners. We help make our management objectives there. And then if people reach out to our team, then we provide what's going good. Um, we don't have open reviews for everybody just because I'm sure you know this as, as an outdoorsman. If you have a really good experience, you're not going to immediately go on a platform and be like, yeah. oh, this is awesome, five stars. <laughs> you're telling you're more, everyone you're, where you want to come back. And <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You're more likely to just be like one star, one star, one star, just sandbag it, and then you just book it up every single time for yourself. So that's that's why we have both. We still gather that information. We incentivize people by giving them a discount on their next reservation if they leave pictures um, so that we can use that for marketing, show that it was good. But, uh, but that's why we kind of have that tiered so we can actually – figure out how good it is, address the real problems, and don't let a uh, outdoorsman sandbag it for each other. That, it's really funny because being out here, like in the Midwest, I don't know if it's just people aren't aren't as protective of the properties, but it's like, oh, dude, where'd you kill that? Oh, I killed it in this county on yeah. this property off County Road here. And <laughs> out here, it's just like, oh, man, what unit do you hunt? Oh, we've been hunting this unit for 16 years. It really sucks. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, okay. So that makes perfect sense that, you know, you don't want those people. And then I'm sure on the flip side, you probably get people who come out and they might be great hunters, but it's bad weather conditions. And all of a sudden they leave a bad review about it, even though, it's yeah. a great spot to hunt, but they just might suck at hunting. Like today, I was like, I bet we would have killed a lot more birds had I been a decent caller. I'm like <laughs> wailing on the call, and birds are like, hell no, I'm not dropping in there. Yeah, it is very dependent, and so it's kind of hard. But it's also really good information for us on the back end. You know, we get people that are new to the app or new to our platform, and they're like, hey, I don't know, where should I go? And we can look and see, you know, what has been the most successful if we, you know, because we want everyone to have a good experience. And um, all of our properties are great, but it's also so nice to see where like for waterfowl where the birds are moving we can send them in the right direction and and see what's where they should go so do you guys offer like an elite membership if i wanted to find out which properties they did kill big bulls and bucks on and then i can just pay you guys a little bit and start booking those <laughs> properties only we haven't yet maybe we should we've, yeah. been, we, we've, we've been fair to everybody at this point but uh, <laughs> maybe we yeah. should turn it out to the highest bidder yeah, Maybe no. I, I need to get in I, I need to get in tight with the developer yeah, yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. Me some this. he's got the inside scoop for you yeah. <laughs> yeah that's cool what uh what states are you guys trying to reach out to next or branch out to you um so we want to saturate more of uh nebraska we've our properties in oklahoma have already had had great success so i think we want to continue kind of in there probably start going into texas and then Idaho and Utah, that's probably our, our next six-month yeah. focus. I would plan on people seeing a lot of new properties popping up in, in those areas, and then uh, and then we'll just keep branching out from there. Yeah, yeah. We, always, we always joke that we started in the two hardest states, Colorado and Wyoming, in terms of big game anyways, because, you know, the draw is a little bit harder here and everything like that. So a lot of interest, but not always easy to, to get a tag. So I think that'll be – it's always nice to go to these other states where there's, uh, I guess, less people hunting and – a few more animals so do you see a lot of oh well actually here's a good question because colorado you know there's the public and then private land tags that you get um how does that work managing that with landowners i mean because you can't just get an over-the-counter tag and go hunt a private unit can you 
or a private land chunk in a public unit? You you can. So so the the unit wide ones are are valid everywhere. Okay. Now there's the other classification is there's private land only, and those aren't good on yeah. on on public. Okay. So so anybody that drew in the regular draw on a unit wide tag, they're they're able to hunt any of these uh, private properties as long as in, it's in the right unit. Okay. Now Colorado is unique in that it has. Um, landowner vouchers so the landowners can put in and apply and they get 10 percent of the overall state's allocation for them to then um, sell to other individuals so so we do we do have our our uh, director of operations sam bruner he he's listed as what's called the designated land manager for a bunch of our properties as well so that he can help um, fill out their landowner applications and and, and get these people tags if they can't draw um but that's that's not our, our main focus that's more of a service after the fact like you you still pay for your access and then if you need a landowner voucher that has to directly be done with the landowner it's not something that we ever take a take a cut on or anything there but it it allow it's another way to get a tag without having to go through the traditional draw nice man this just i mean you guys have been doing this for a while but as you talk i'm like they really covered everything. Like, <laughs> this is a sweet, sweet system. Uh, what what kind of success have you guys seen, or like maybe uh, an awesome success story of either you using it and and going out and shooting something, or hearing about it secondhand after a hunt? Yeah, I mean, shoot, just just countless ones. It's it's always fun in our in our our weekly operations meeting when we see all the reviews come through and we and and we look at them. We can see all the people that are super pumped up and they got like a you know, six man limited ducks or whatever. They just got their, uh, got their first antelope. Um, so, so, I mean, we, I mean, countless of those. And then, and then from a personal perspective, um, I use it a lot. We haven't really touched on this yet, but we also have all of the, all the public land data for the country is also included in your app. That's just the background. You can put on that filter, you know, your trail system. And we have 3d maps and our imagery is far better than, than most of the other, uh, mapping apps so so this year i i got two really nice bulls and a and a really nice buck um and they were actually all on private or on public and that was just from using our app and going in 3d mode finding these these honey holes and i i work a ton so i've only i've only taken like i only took four days off to get those those three animals all in Dang. public and that was just from using our app getting really good e-scouting that resulted in a you know a 170 buck a 307 inch bull and then a 357 inch bull all on just just from learning how to e-scout and getting that extra that extra dimension of really really quality imagery that we have that others don't yeah um, that allowed me to pick the right spots all right guys unfortunately seasons are starting to come to an end all across the country and a lot of people start to lose hope at this point in the year but here's a couple tips and tricks that just may help you find success in the late season. Number one, watch the weather. If you have a good snowfall out there, you need to be out there glassing or walking the woods, looking for fresh tracks of the big bull or the buck that you've been after all season long. Get up on a glassing hill and scan the opposing ridge lines with the spotting scope. Figure out where the animals are moving. There's no better way to know animal behavior than going and finding fresh tracks the day after a snow. Also, don't be scared to get aggressive in the late season. 
At this point in the year, if you blow an area out, you've got nine months before you'll be back in there. So push the limits just a little bit more. Step outside your comfort zone. If you're looking for those extra tools to help you find success in the late season, check out what's new from Vortex at vortexoptics.com and head to your favorite Vortex dealer to make sure you're ready for everything fall can throw at you. That is, yeah, that's, that's kinda, a season, man. That yeah. is a season. Yeah, his taxidermy bill is pretty high this year. I, think. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> you have to do a roof expansion, yeah, right? <laughs> Dang, man, that sounds sweet. Well, and then in hearing that, like just the the e scouting side of it, I feel like it'd be a sweet app. Even if you weren't hunting someone's property, if you could just gain access to a chunk of public land by you know, like yeah. you lease out their land and then you walk through it and you get to a better spot on private or you yeah. lease the private land to get to a better spot on public i'm like my my wheels are just turning how oh, i yeah. use this <laughs> yeah and and actually like a lot of our big game properties you know they're a big chunk of ground we have anything from you know whatever it'd be 500 acres to you know 10,000 acres but some of them will have you know say 1500 acres of private and then you got a bunch of landlocked blm or landlocked forest service that you can get to so it's you know it's really a lot bigger than that but they're paying a lot smaller fee to get into that access for the whole thing so it works that way too and and the app which is kind of david's baby there is is pretty sweet for finding those access points as well so yeah the mapping mm -hmm. software like you were talking about that's i mean the map is a good map i was expecting like this crappy google earth and or like <laughs> yeah. deal but i mean it really put me right where i needed to be and you know coming from out of state i i pulled into colorado yesterday and i'm like shoot man i'm laying in bed at like 11:30, buying my tags yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm doing that i'm looking at where it is and i'm like it's gps coordinates like it's not an address but it put me right at the front where i needed to be so i mean yeah. the map side of it you knocked it out of the park with that yeah, thank you yeah no absolutely i mean we when we started it started mostly as uh upland hunting so you know we wanted to be able to provide value year-round so with the e-scouting you know even if you know it's in the spring and you're on a spring bear hunt something like that you know even if we're not offering that at the current time you can still get value out of your membership using those tools and using the mapping features so yeah i mean it's it's been a lot of fun building and just a lot of fun getting feedback from our users you know using it that way so dang wow i'm yeah i'm pumped i'm gonna be talking to all my buddies about this when i go back <laughs> yeah. because i've always been that guy you know i go door to door knocking on and okay so i've talked about this on the podcast before but if you guys don't know you need to add a feature where you can like pay hot chicks to come with you to get access <laughs> to places because that's, that's what i've idea. done my <laughs> wife came with me and she knocked on two doors and i've been very unsuccessful in getting permission to hunt on properties yeah and one day i was like hey do you want to come hunting we were going rabbit hunting and so i'm like that seems like a fairly easy thing yeah. to get access to and so we go to two different houses my wife is all dolled up she's got her camo and her face paint that she doesn't need for for rabbit <laughs> yeah. hunting and the first house they're like oh come on in sit down you want a cup of coffee yeah by the end of it i wanted one day of permission for rabbit hunting they're like whatever you want to come back and hunt we got geese on the <laughs> pond down here there's coyotes there's deer anytime you just stop by and let us know second house the exact same thing i'm like i'm gonna offer that as a service <laughs> right and i'll just <laughs> keep that idea. running in states that you guys aren't operating <laughs> in yet and then 
yeah, as yeah. you guys show up, you can you can take over. Now, now the hood rat version of that is my fiance is probably going to kill me for saying this, but what we uh, what we used to do in college to get turkey hunting spots in Nebraska is that was when Tinder just really became a thing. So we would just go through <laughs> two days before we'd, we'd get there early. We'd be doing our schoolwork, finishing up in our car, and we would just be swiping right on every single person we could find and just looking for the farm and pictures. And, <laughs> and we're, like, we're like, we'll gladly take her out for a good a, a good dinner. Like that, that's well worth it if it you know if, if we can get on a, a little turkey hunt in the the next day. And then it's, it's good out. It's like ah, you know, I'd love to prolong this, but. Uh, you know, we got to go hunt your dad's land in the morning. And <laughs> Maybe we need a partnership with Farmers Only or something. <laughs> right. yeah, farmers Only. Oh, that'd be perfect. Put a little tab in the bottom. You can swipe. <laughs> Dude, I love that. My buddy Hunter, he, he's got a TikTok account that's doing pretty well. And I saw a video that he posted the other day. He's like, guys, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm slammed. I, I started catfishing dudes with hunting property as a chick <laughs> and I keep telling them like, oh, hey, you should come hunt my property. So now I've got five dudes all meeting together at this one property and I'm going to go hunt their property because I know they're not going to be out there. That's I'm a like, great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Redneck engineering at its finest it really right there. Is, yeah. I don't know Using how illegal that is. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you can catfish people, right? I, mean, I think I it's a, I don't know if there's a law against it. It's frowned upon. Yeah. It's more of a guideline than a rule. But hey, if you get a big buck out of it, who cares? <laughs> right? Yeah, they're never going to know. Man. <laughs> Out the back. You didn't think you were going to get a lot of new business ideas yeah, right? me out just, to hunt. Yeah. That yeah. was great. You guys I don't know what the integration is going to look like on the, on the app, but that, you know. Yeah, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll get right on yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Move that to the top of the priority <laughs> list, I guess. And then you branch out into only farmers. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just going to go wild. Yeah, we're good. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the hunt out here today was fun. We had the worst weather conditions, just yeah. bluebird skies, but who saw the who saw the deer bust through the fence? Oh yeah, we were walking in. I turned around and it freaking ripped right through. The, we probably should call the call the landowner and tell him that his fence is busted. Yeah, a little white tailed buck was pretty uh pretty fired up, I guess. Just running. I mean, the rut's about to kick <laughs> yeah. off. I don't know what time the rut hits here for whitetail. I know in the Midwest, it's, like late October, early November is killer. Yeah, it's about the same here. You know, it's the mule deer are typically a little later, but uh, those whitetail start to see them getting a little fired up right about now. Yeah. So, what uh, what are you guys hunting after this? I mean, you guys are from all over the place. You're from Wyoming, right? That's where so, I live now. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. grew up in Colorado, but I moved up there a couple of years ago, and, and that's actually where our our company is now based out of is Casper, Wyoming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I've pretty much tagged out on everything except I have, I guess I still have an antelope tag, so I'll I'll shoot that. I'll go try to get mine this weekend if I uh, if I can talk the lady into. Letting me uh, add more meat to the freezer. <laughs> You're gonna need a new freezer. <laughs> yeah, I'll need freezer number four. Yeah. <laughs> how does how does that feel tagging out and knowing that you don't have a ton of like big game tags left? Because that's always bittersweet for me. I shot I shot a buck in Missouri. Well, I can only shoot one during early archery, and then I can't shoot a second one until rifle season. Mm-hmm. And so it's always like, yes, I got one, but then I'm like, oh crap, like I can't hunt now for yeah, a month. Right. <laughs> No, it's it's definitely depressing, but uh, uh, I, I always have to remind myself each year I, I never actually have enough time to hunt as much as I want. So like it, like I really only have like one or two days. So if I didn't do it, then I just would probably end up not 
not even feeling. Oh, yeah. So I just have to rewind and be like, no, you really didn't have time anyways to keep hunting. Like, just be happy. And uh, and everybody here probably would have punched you if you said you were unhappy with filling all those tags. Yeah, exactly. You were all yeah. just like, yeah. man, I yeah. would take any one of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I was pretty thrilled with it. But yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, I take that back. I also have a Nebraska deer hunt in December. Oh, yeah, you're going out there. Yeah. Yeah, so. I got a couple, couple deer hunts left. I got a late season cow tag, but again, I don't have any room in the freezer. So oh, and I have a cow tag too. I don't know. If, I don't know if that one will be. I won't put much of an effort into that one. I don't think so. Um, otherwise, I'll be like him. Be calling him. We'll be split going in double on a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so. the the fact that you guys are talking about freezer space, we're in we're in that motorhome full time now, yeah. and I mean we've got like a one square foot or yeah. one cubic <laughs> foot freezer, yeah. and so now when I shoot stuff, I have to bring it back to Missouri, dump it off in my chest freezer, and yeah. then just load up whatever I can eat yeah. for like the week or whatever. Yeah, that's oh, not a geez. bad thing though. No, it's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. What about you? Come back up here, man. We're about to dig a pit just in that field there. Be back here for uh, for goose season when that opens up, and I'll get back in these blinds, you know, get some revenge when we get a little better weather. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. We had a, we had a couple of good volleys. We dropped one early. I mean, yeah. we were watching birds, and with the clear skies, they were just flying so They're high today. Up there. And then <laughs> out of nowhere, this green wing teal just bombs in in our face. It happened so fast that we didn't even pull our guns up. I mean, we yeah. just <laughs> saw it in the decoys and waited for it to kick up and yeah. blasted it. But when is uh, when does goose really open up? Because I feel like it's kind of late right now. Normally, when I'm out here this time of year, I see geese everywhere. Right, yeah, it's soon, yeah. I think it's the 31st, right? Yeah. It's October 31st, right. so uh, a week from today, a week from yeah. yesterday. Getting so, the pit dug next week and yeah, it'll be get the lids in there. Yeah. This spot kills. Yeah. It should be really good. Yeah. Dude, pit hunting out here is insane. Yeah. And that's, again, like I don't want to give too much away, but the front range of Colorado, holy cow. Yeah, and especially yeah, if you can the find waterfowl some, mecca here. Yeah, you can find a place that there's just not a lot of, you know, can't just ask anybody to go have them dig a pit in, your, in their field. So um, it's definitely an advantage. Oh, yeah. I, I always hesitate to say how good a place is. I mean, back to the app and talking about that, because I'm like, they're going to dig a pit for the blind and one for me if I tell everybody how <laughs> yeah, good the exactly. goose hunting is out here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's sweet. Yeah, I'm heading out uh, two days. Um, I'm heading up in elk hunting, and I'm so pumped. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to roll. I We always call each other, and we're like, hey, guys, no more Mondays. No more Mondays. <laughs> we're almost there. Yeah. And so we'll be rolling out with a good group of guys. We've got guys coming from Iowa and Nebraska and me from Missouri. I mean, we go out and do it right. Yeah. And most guys are just like, dude, if we don't shoot anything and we just hang out and drink without <laughs> anybody else around, yeah. we're all about it. I mean, that's a rifle hunt right there, right? <laughs> An elk, elk hunt up there. It's You guys got good snow, too. It should be good. Yeah. They got almost I, a foot of snow up there so dang yeah i'm excited for that it's gonna be it's gonna be a killer year i mean those guys saw like 1500 elk last year they walked away with multiple bulls multiple cows and they said there's a big one that if he survives yeah he's gonna be 400 inches this year and so dang. wow that's who i've got my eyes set yeah. their sight set on <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. we always joke me and my buddy sean it's like you better be faster than me, man, because yeah. I'm not waiting. It doesn't <laughs> no. matter whose turn it is. Like, yep. yeah, you see that first person pull the trigger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. And then you need a buddy on backup too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we so the last bull that I shot, um, it was kind of that situation where I thought I was the last, or like I didn't think I was going to get to shoot because I had shot one recently. You dropped to the bottom of the totem pole, 
and and so I ranged it, told my buddy, and he shot, and we were watching, like trying to see impact, and then the other guy shot, and they're like, "It's your turn," and I was like, "What are you talking about? It's my turn," <laughs> and I was like, "I just shot one last year," and they're like, "We both shot. It's your turn." Well, I ended up shooting, and then the other guy shot, and I mean, it was kind of a shit show, but <laughs> we thought he killed it because when he shot his second shot it dropped yeah and we go down there he takes pictures with it and i mean everyone's celebrating like high-fiving we go to quarter it and we start like just peeling away the cape and my knife just clinks on something metal and i'm like oh hey check this out i found the bullet well as soon as i saw it i was like uh i don't know how to tell you this but this isn't your bull. <laughs> and he was shooting a 338 Lapua. Yeah. The other guy was shooting a 300 Win Mag. I was shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. And it was like the Cinderella deal, right? They, yeah. Everyone pulls out their casings and we yeah. slide them in and it was just a perfect match for mine. And so then we're, I'm like trying to hold the cape up, get a picture with it. Yeah. I ended up Photoshopping my face on his yeah, body there you go. and it all worked out. But yeah, yeah it's going to be, it's going to be a good year and I'm pumped and yeah, I appreciate you guys having me out here for this hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for coming, for coming out. out. One more question uh, before we wrap this up. Bucket list hunts. I always ask this to my guests. Where, what species, and what weapon? Sam, you're up. Uh, well, I, I attempted my bucket list hunt last year and was unsuccessful, so I need revenge on that one. That's an Alaskan moose hunt. Um, a, uh, so how we did it last year, and I, I want to do it exactly the same, but just with a different result um just chartered a uh, chartered a, a bush plane only i want to fly in myself because i'm uh, have a pilot's license too but dropped off a drop me and my dad off and a family friend with a raft and floated 140 miles oh my um, gosh just diy and trying to call in moose just didn't call in one that was uh, legally big enough so it was a hell of an adventure, and I want to do that again to actually be successful. So that's my dream. I need to sit down. I've got sweatpants on, and <laughs> yeah. you started talking about that. I'm getting <laughs> yeah. excited. Yeah, that is that's the dream hunt right there. Yeah, like you kind of stole my thunder on that one. <laughs> um, I also would love to go up. I was just in Alaska fishing last month, and I think going back up there, I'd love to go chase some caribou up there too with a bow. would be pretty fun getting to a big migration event. Sounds like a, a pretty good time, you know, just getting way back there. Alaska's like, I mean, I don't know who doesn't have it on their bucket list because yeah. it's a pretty incredible place. So Yeah, I feel like the archery moose hunt in Alaska is number one for the majority of the people that hop on the podcast. Yeah. I get New Zealand red stag quite a bit, Yeah, um, but by and, by and large, it's moose. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've always done uh, done rifle hunting for elk and mule deer out at our uh, property in Oregon, but really want to starting to get more into it, really want to get into bow hunting and um, just, uh, you know, doing it more and often with my dad. And, you know, we're both going to kind of get bows and gonna try our luck at that, but bull elk with the bow I think would be be pretty sweet for me. Yeah, it's, that'd be sweet. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep hearing it. It's moose with the bow. Yeah. Yeah. Moose or grizzly, I'm always back and forth, but I think I, I typically settle on moose because moose meat is so good. Yeah. I mean, fresh moose, like when my buddy killed his, we cut up the heart and the tongue that night, fried it up, had had, had tenderloins, <clears throat> excuse me, the next night, and it was some of the best meat I've ever eaten. Yeah. And so to think yeah. I can... Moose I, is the best. And they're way bigger in Alaska, too, oh, so yeah, you get huge, so much more meat. Yeah. So, yeah, like for a reference, they're... 
the minimum spread for a non-resident, they have to be 50 inches wide. Jeez. Um, for reference, I had a buddy shoot a 49-inch um, moose in Colorado last year, and it was Boone and Crockett, just because the different yeah. species. So a Boone and Crockett, um, you know, Colorado, Wyoming, you know, lower 48-type moose, isn't even legal to shoot in Alaska. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And their bodies are just giant. I talked to a guy. He said he shot a huge one up there this year, and they had to cut the hind quarter into thirds just to get it out. It's like, yeah, they're just – they don't even look real up there. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just stupid. Well, I see the videos of people posting, uh, like, just driving down the road and the moose is walking. And I'm like, that's that's not a moose. Like, that's – I've seen moose. Yeah. They're not that big. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, up there they just grow to different levels. Yeah. And, and then the terrain. I mean, that's always one thing that I enjoy is going to different locations and hunting. And so it's like if I hunt the same species. When I came out here and waterfowl hunted when we lived here, I'm like looking at the Rocky Mountains shooting birds. I'm like, this beats the shit out of anything I hunt back. Yeah. You know, I see some trees and a lake maybe <laughs> where I hunt back there. But, yeah, seeing the Rockies and then you multiply that by a 1,000 and you're in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the raft in or the fly in, float out, moose hunt. And people don't realize how cheap tags are. I mean, yeah. in comparison, you draw a moose tag here and it's $2,400 for a non-resident. Yeah. The Alaskan moose tags are like, what, $1,000 or $1,200? Uh, 800 I think. $800. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So I think all in for flying there, my tags, um, raft, rental, all, all the other, like, all the other crap is under four grand all in, which which by the oh time you buy gosh. preference points for 30 years to draw and then pay the out-of-state to then shoot a smaller moose, that, that's how I justified it to myself. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. I tell I tell my wife that all the time. I'm like, by the time I actually draw, I'm going to be three grand deep in preference points because they bumped that up for non-residents to 100 apiece. Yeah. And so, like, right now for mountain goat, bighorn, and moose, it's $300 just for those. And then... Yeah, you pay $2,400, so now I'm at $5,400. i got to travel out here. The ta- I'm like, I'm just, just go going to Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I still put in for yeah. moose here because <laughs> yeah, I, all do, I'd but. shoot moose in any state they let me, but yeah. Alaska is the way to go. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate you guys hopping on. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, this was a good hunt. Hopefully we can do more of them in the future. And I will say, if you guys get properties in Alaska – just don't post them and we can just keep that our <laughs> we'll secret call, and we'll man. we'll get all the access to it. I, yeah. I do actually have a guy that's wants to post on there so we'll have to talk oh. offline yeah <laughs> get, get the first one in there right yeah. right over by steve Ranella's place in alaska so oh, my buddy sent me a listing it was a fish shack like that in southeast alaska and he's like dude you should buy this and i'm like who do you think i am man like, <laughs> i'm nobody like i can't just buy an alaskan property yeah. trust me i would have already done it yeah, exactly. but yeah that'd be sweet man yeah yeah, yeah maybe cool. maybe plan that maybe do the next podcast from up there oh dude yep i gotta sit farther down now <laughs> <laughs> well sweet thanks cool. guys yeah, and thank uh, you let's get after it again cool awesome right. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. If you've gotten this far in the show and you haven't downloaded the app, you should probably hop on and do that because it really is a cool tool for anybody who's looking, I mean, even to just get out for a day and maybe you live in a state, you got a buddy coming to hunt with you and he's really looking forward to going out on a waterfowl hunt and you're like, crap, man, I got to get a property. Instead of going and knocking on all these doors, go on and see what day use places are right there on the app that you can go to and 
uh, it's something that I will definitely be using and encouraging all of my buddies back home to look into, especially on their out-of-state hunts, going out for two weeks at a time. You know, if you can find a good property that's got a proven track record that these guys have already done the research on to make sure that the animals are there and it's got a sustainable population and it's going to be beneficial for you to do a day lease or a short-term lease, I think, I think there's very few tools in a hunter's arsenal that is as beneficial as that. And so, uh, anyways, I'm looking forward to hunting with these guys more in the future and using the app, but I've got to go because I'm about to head out for my elk hunt and I've got a few more things to pack up, but I had to get this edited before so I can completely focus on the hunt when I'm out there. So until next time, get out there and chase a new adventure. <laughs>